Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast, The Psychology Report. When children and your kids reject you as a parent, when your kids reject your way of life, reject your faith, reject the way that you have lived your life over the years, reject everything you stand for, that's a tough one. Probably one of the most hurtful experiences in parenthood is when your child rejects the very basic values, core values that you live by, that you've taught, and that you've instilled within them as best you could, and they turn their back on it. Why? Why do kids do that? Why is that a hard one for parents? How do you deal with that as a parent? What's your response to your kids when they find themselves in a situation where they reject you and all that you stand for? The natural tendency is to be angry. The natural tendency is to reject them, cut them off and hurt them. And perhaps if you hurt them enough, they'll wake up. You know, all through history, we have a lot of experiences of this nature. All through history, we have examples of families parents and kids that have turned their back on each other. Some reconcile. Some come back into a relationship, a better relationship than they would have had otherwise. Some don't come back. Some remain aloof and absent and gone for years and years. Not uncommon for a young person to break from family ties. And then in about five years, begin to reestablish family relationships and normalize those family relationships. It's an interesting struggle that goes on within the kids and particularly older teenagers, young adults, and then for their families. So anyway, let's take a look at this issue. Why do kids do this? Why do kids break from the family background? Why do, why do kids break from the family values and cut off the relationship with their parents, and even turn against their parents in a very hurtful and angry manner. Why? Well, here's one. It's a simple answer. It's probably one that you already figured out. You know, there are other people who are important to your kids than you. We call them the peers, the peer attraction, the friendships that they form in junior high school and in high school and in their post-high school years, they form all kinds of relationships. And those relationships are powerful. Sometimes they're more powerful than your power on them and in their life. So those kids have a very uh, definite external influence upon them. And for pure influence and for pure acceptance and for pure belongingness, they turn and accept the influence of their peers over yours as a parent. It's peer versus parent. That's one. It happens all the time. You know, kids buy friendship. Kids purchase friendship. And sometimes they purchase friendship by choosing to engage in the way of life of their peers and reject the way of life of their parents. 
they sell off their parents, but they buy, they purchase friendship with their peers by aligning themselves with the lifestyle of their peers. That's number one. Here's two. When a young person is taken in by a peer group or taken in by somebody else as a, as a deep friend, and somebody shows interest in them, somebody shows uh, concern for them, somebody shows compassion for them, they feel important. They feel important. And sometimes a young person, high school, needs to feel important, needs to feel valued, needs to feel that somebody cares for him. And if he comes from a home where that is not necessarily a strong feature, parents are not necessarily communicating and conveying their acceptance, their value for that child. Sometimes they find value, they find importance in their friendships outside of the home. In other words, they want to be taken in, they want to belong. And sometimes they'll belong to a peer group. That's what gang behavior is all about. is belonging to some kind of a family when their own family is not there or doesn't exist or rejecting or it's rejecting. Parents, it's important to you that your children feel accepted, feel valued, and feel important to you and to all family members in your home. Okay, that's number two. They want to feel important. And here's number three. Sometimes a kid has to become independent, has to leave the family to break the parental control in their life. In other words, there are some parents that are so controlling, are so involved, are so manipulative. They're helicopter parents. They're everywhere where the kid is. It's almost like a parent needs that child to be their best friend and do everything with that child. And sometimes that child has to break that relationship to get independent, to become independent. In other words, too much parental control, too much parental involvement, too much parental uh, intensity of a relationship. And a kid sometimes just has to break off from that and just let some time go by to establish their own independence and then rejoin the parent and rejoin the family after a period of time. So be careful. Sometimes your kid breaks away because he has to break away to become independent. Because you won't let him become independent. You haven't taught him the independent skills. You haven't encouraged independence. You haven't talked about becoming independent. You haven't laid the base for it. And if you don't do those kind of things, sometimes a kid will just go off and become independent on their own, even though they're not prepared for it. That's the third one. Here's the fourth one. There are some kids who break from their parent control. They go independent in an attempt to hurt their parents because their parents hurt them. It's, it's retaliatory. In other words, the break is for the motivation of making a parent feel the very feelings that they have felt as a kid over the years. The hurt sometimes is when the parent wasn't there. Parents worked all of his life, wasn't there. Sometimes the parent actually engaged in actions that hurt the child in some kind of way. Critical, 
critical parent, punitive parent. And what a kid does then is to break off with a motive of making you feel the way they felt and the way that they feel. That's a tough one. It's revenge. And then number five, sometimes kids break away because they're just mentally ill. They're not thinking wisely. They're not thinking correctly. They have poor thinking habits. They're very histrionic. They have to go with the flow. They have to go with the excitement of the day. They have to go with the thrill of the day. They have to just leave the stability of a home and be attracted to the uh, efforts of the world, the community outside the home that is appealing to them by color and sound and excitement and the promises that are made in the community to your kids that life is going to be great if they just leave their parents behind. So there are some kids that are schizophrenic. There are some kids that are so uh, bothered inside themselves with hostility or depression or anxiety that they just feel like they have to be on the run and they have to leave where they are and get out and go. And their life goes downward and it just goes in a downward spiral but sometimes that's what it does. So in other words there are many, many reasons for kids to depart from the lifestyle of their parents, their home, their family. There are many reasons for kids to stay and to become independent, but stay within the context of the family. That's what goal is. That's what's normal. It's for a parent to begin the process in the middle years of high school to give a child more and more and more independence, more and more and more trust, more and more learning opportunities, more and more teaching opportunities, so that when the child is through with high school and he moves on into the college years, that kid is ready to live their life on their own, but still within the context of their family and their family home. To not reject the family home, but to add a lifestyle in addition to what they have learned in their family home. It's another layer of life, if you will, of independence. That's what we want. That's the goal, obviously. But you know, what does a parent do? How does a parent handle the situation when their kid just backs off and leaves home? Or lives a life contrary to the values of the family? Or actually rejects violently? the values, the faith, the lifestyle of their parents and just lives almost the opposite of the way that you would want them to live and that you've tried to teach them to live. What does a parent do? Parents stuck. Well, you know, there's a tendency to just go and grab them and keep them at home and keep them under the covers. Keep them under the bushel. Don't let them go out. Don't let them have freedom. Don't let them have any independence. In other words, become more controlling, too controlling, excessively controlling. That's the tendency. But it didn't help. It didn't work. Here's what a parent can do. First of all, don't, don't blame yourself. Don't blame yourself as a parent. You know, rejection brings pain, that's for sure. 
Kids create a great deal of pain. But it's normal. It's normal for every kid, every young person, starting in the second year of high school and third year of high school and fourth year of high school and into college to break from the family patterns and routines and establish their own patterns and routines. Sometimes they establish their own, but it's exactly the same as the parents or very similar to that of the parents. And sometimes it's just the opposite. Raised a Republican and they become Democratic. <laughs> you see? Sometimes that's just uh, the opposite. But you know, don't blame yourself. There are lots of influences on your child's life. You're not the only influence. You may have done your job. You may have inculcated values and systems of morals and, and uh, ways of life. You may have done that. You may have done a good job at it, actually. But you know, there are other influences operating in your child besides your own. And sometimes you just have to know that what you have taught, what you have presented, the life you have lived, the example you have presented for them will prevail in time and will be the strong influence over time. But for now, maybe they have to choose to rebel a little bit to get their independence. So stop blaming yourself. Don't blame yourself. Know what you did. Now, maybe you didn't do some things properly. Maybe you could have done a little bit better. Maybe you could have been more involved. Maybe you could have been more engaged. Maybe you could have been more uh, connected with your kid. Maybe that's true. But you did what you did. And you can't undo it and you can't now redo it. You just have to accept for what you did do and move on. And hope that what you did do will prevail in time. Now, secondly, Stay engaged with your kid, even though he's departed from the home or has a lifestyle contrary to what you would want him to live and that you would hope that he would live and that you've tried to teach. You know, stay engaged. Let them know that you still love them. Let you know that you're there. Let you know that you're um, wanting them to, lie, to live a life of independence but yet a life of honor. Let them know that they are valued and that you value them. And what you want to do is to respect them. You want them to live a life of respect so that you can continue your engaged life with them. But sometimes they reject that. But you can stay engaged. They may disengage, but you can engage. And you can stay engaged. Don't connect or don't disconnect. Don't cut them off just because they've cut you off. Let them know they're always welcome. Let them know that you always love them. And let, you, let them know that they're always welcome in your life when they're ready to form a relationship again with you in a healthy and in a positive way. Parents cannot withdraw, should not withdraw. But you can let them know that you would wish and you would hope that they would move through the next days and months and years of their life, establishing independence in a manner that you will look forward to the time when you can respect them and have an adult relationship with them and love them and care for them and enjoy them. So stay engaged. Write cards, call, text, 
Send messages. Email. Send messages through friends. Do whatever you can when the kid is gone and left your home. You stay engaged. They may not respond. They may not respond in kind. They may even tear up your cards. Who knows? But keep sending them. Keep engaged. When it's Christmas, send a card. When it's their birthday, send a card. You know, when it's a special day, send a card. Send messages whenever you think of them. It's okay to do that. Now, they don't, may not respond, but don't be discouraged by that. You do your part. Just do your part. That's number two. Number three is this. Always remember that the truth will prevail eventually. That the values that you've taught will someday surface or resurface. So keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Have hope. And look forward to the time when your kid will rejoin you as a family and rejoin you in your parenting relationships, but it will be at a more adult level. It will be more of a respected level. But in the meantime, maybe a parent needs to engage in a little tough love. Just because a child breaks doesn't mean that you now support that lifestyle that you don't agree with. You know, if a child breaks from you or your lifestyle, that child's on his own. He wants independence. He doesn't want you to support him because now he still has dependence on you. So cut the money. You know, cut the support. And let them live their life learning how to make it out in society. Let them learn how to earn an income and support themselves. That's what independence is all about. So get the idea that if a child wants independence, let them have that independence. Don't become the doting parent that supports them in a lifestyle that you just reject and that you don't like yourself. and You wouldn't want them to have. Their wrong choices are their choices. The consequences of their wrong choices is theirs, not yours. Let them come to their own senses, but don't support it. Don't support it financially, and don't support it by providing all the necessary aspects of life, like food and shelter and so on. There are times when they have to move out of the home, because that's what they want. They want their independence. They have to move out of your home to get that independence. Let them have it. Let them move out. And sometimes they have to live on the street. Sometimes they have to live with their friends. Sometimes they have to live in pretty tough, squalorly situations. But that's what it's like to start a life of independence. Sometimes you have to start at the bottom. And eventually you move up. And let them do it. Just let them do it. Let them start at the bottom. And you'll love them in spite of it. Let them know that you love them in spite of it. And let them know that there's hope out there. And if they start at the bottom, they will improve. They will get better. They'll get a job. They'll earn. They'll learn. They'll survive. They'll thrive at some point. And at some point, they'll be pleased to come back and rejoin the family with honor. So stay engaged. You know, balance out your feelings with what their needs are and what their goal is and what their pursuit is in life. Let them have a new chapter in their life. 
and you have a new chapter in your life as parents. Live your life fully. Live your life with joy. Live your life with excitement. Live your life with opportunity. And seize opportunities that come to you as a parent, even though your kid is out there somewhere suffering. Remember, that's what the kid needs and has wanted and has chosen. That doesn't mean that you have to go around in sackcloth and cry every day. That just means that you can live your life with honor and grace and freedom and joy and happiness and fulfill the things that are important to you. But be ready to accept your child to return to your home when he or she is ready, you know, to do so. So there you are. That's a tough one. It's a tough one to have your kid reject you and your way of life and your value system and what's important to you and all that you've done to pour into their life. Remember, all those years in elementary school and all those years of junior high and all those years of high school that you went to games and you went to dances and you went to uh, events and you went to assemblies and you talked to teachers and you did all the things that you did that your kid wanted you to do, and that's right, you did them. Good. I'm glad you did them. But sometimes we then think that our kid owes us honor and stability and and uh, to become part of our family and remain in our family, that they owe us that. No, part of us as parents, part of our parenting job, and we're not done until we've taught our kids the life of independence. And we have allowed our kids to live a life of independence and to experience the joy and the happiness and the, and the thriving that comes from a life of independence. That's what parenting is all about. And in a way, you never end being a parent. You never stop being a parent. But the hard one is when they want to be independent and you don't necessarily agree with it. But let them have that independence and then look for the time when you will reunite and it will be a happy time. It will be a joyous time. It will work well for you. Okay? Now, Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Get my book on parenting. It'd be a great one for you. Get my book on lessons from my father. That's a great one of learning from the generation before us. And there'll be some things in there that you as a parent can learn in dealing with your own children. And remember, this program is sponsored by the Fresno Rescue Mission. It's a rescue mission that takes in people who are seeking their independence. People who are on the street who have either are in the process of seeking their independence or have already failed in being independent. And now they're dependent upon the system. Where they were dependent upon their parents, now they're dependent upon the system. The rescue mission is there to help them in that process of becoming independent again and moving along in their life. So... The Fresno Rescue Mission is one. If you're in a city where there's a rescue mission, learn about it. Support it. Give them some dollars. They need it because that's how they thrive. And that's they depend upon the gifts and the contributions of people. So if you're struggling with a child in independence, maybe the rescue mission will be the place where they'll get some help. Who knows? Many do. So give them some dollars. That's where you can do some real good for maybe 
many, many, many young people will find themselves find themselves connected with a rescue mission at some point in their life. Okay. And bye for now. Nice to talk to you. Bye bye.